Welcome to the It Is Written podcast. As doubts about God's will arise, the world resorts to feelings and experts. We go to the law and to the testimony of God's word. In today's episode, we're going to take a look at what the Bible says about false teachers. What kind of things should we be looking for to spot a false prophet? So the Bible talks a lot about false prophets. And, uh, you know, it makes us wonder what, what, what a false prophet really sounds like. What mm-hmm. would he be like? We've got kind of a case of a false prophet in Jeremiah 28 that I'd like for us to look at. This is an interesting story. So would you read Jeremiah 28 verses 1 to 4? Sure. In that same year, at the beginning of the reign of King Zedekiah of Judah, in the fifth month of the fourth year, the prophet Hananiah, son of Azur from Gibeon, said to me in the temple of the Lord, in the presence of the priests and all the people, This is what the Lord of armies, the God of Israel, says. I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. Within two years, I will restore to this place all the articles of the Lord's temple that King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon took from here and transported to Babylon. And I will restore to this place Jeconiah, son of Jehoiakim, son of the king of Judah, and all the exiles from Judah who went to Babylon. This is the Lord's declaration, for I will break the yoke of the king of Babylon. That is an impressive prophecy. Yes. Hananiah says, thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, I have broken the yoke of the king of Babylon. He uses the prophetic formula, the God of hosts. He says it in a very definite, strong, articulate way. It sounds like a good prophecy. It, It ends with, this is the Lord's declaration. And gives specifics within two years, I'm going to bring back. It just sounds like it has every trapping of a real prophecy. Well, let's see how Jeremiah handles this, verses 5 through 9. The prophet Jeremiah replied to the prophet Hananiah in the presence of the priests and all the people who were standing in the temple of the Lord. The prophet Jeremiah said, Amen. May the Lord do that. May the Lord make the words you have prophesied come true, and may he restore the articles of the Lord's temple and all the exiles from Babylon to this place. Only listen to this message I am speaking in your hearing and in the heart hearing of all the people. The prophets who preceded you and me from ancient times prophesied war, disaster, and plague against many lands and great kingdoms. As for the prophet who prophesies peace, only when the word of the prophet comes true will the prophet be recognized as the one that the Lord has truly sent. So Jeremiah hopes this is true. Yeah. This would be Wouldn't great. You? Yeah. Yes, if people come back and all that. He said, may the Lord do so. However, this is not in line with the typical prophetic message when the people are in sin. That's not what prophets normally prophesy. Yeah. He says, the prophet who prophesies of peace, verse 9, when the word of the prophet comes to pass, then we'll know he's from God. Right. You know, you just are a little skeptical He's pretty soft on covenant disobedience here. He's preaching a message that doesn't seem to be lined up very well with other messages of the Lord. But Jeremiah is not going to pass a judgment on his own on him. He's going to wait for the Lord's word. So you hear the the strong, defiant, articulate prophecy of Hananiah that sounds so good. You see Jeremiah saying, "Ah, I think we got to wait on this. And then finally the word of the Lord comes to Jeremiah and he says some very strong things. Would you read verses 15 to 17? The prophet Jeremiah said to the prophet Hananiah, Listen, Hananiah, the Lord did not send you, but you have led these people to trust in a lie. Therefore, this is what the Lord says. 
I am about to send you off the face of the earth. You will die this year because you have preached rebellion against the Lord. And the prophet Hananiah died that year in the seventh month. So the prophet who said they'd come back within two years died within two months. How about that? That was God's judgment on this false prophet. But the thing we learn in this is it's not as easy to detect a false prophet as you might think. What are some of the characteristics of false prophets? Well, often their life is not right. They do wrong. Their source is wrong. They're not getting their message from God. But another issue that's that's very prominent, they don't turn people back away from their sins. They lead people astray. They tell people what they want to hear, and they don't bring about repentance in wicked people. They almost fortify them in continuing their sin. Look back at Jeremiah chapter 23. We've got a number of statements about false prophets that are very helpful. Would you read verses 13 and 14? Among the prophets of Samaria, I saw something disgusting. They prophesied by Baal and led my people Israel astray. Among the prophets of Jerusalem also I saw a horrible thing. They commit adultery and walk in lies. They strengthen the hands of evildoers and none turns his back on evil. They are all like Sodom to me. Jerusalem's residents are like Gomorrah. False prophets lead God's people astray. They commit adultery. They walk in falsehood. They strengthen the hands of the evildoers. So nobody turns back from his wickedness. A false prophet will make people think they're okay when they're not, which is the worst thing you can do. It's like a doctor misdiagnosing you, saying you just got a little sore throat when you've really got full-blown cancer. That's malpractice. We would sue a doctor who did that. We want the prophets to teach us the word of the Lord, not what we want to hear. Come on down and read verses 16 and 17. This is what the Lord of Armies says. Do not listen to the words of the prophets who prophesy to you. They are deluding you. They speak visions from their own minds, not from the Lord's mouth. They keep on saying to those who despise me, The Lord has spoken. You will have peace. They have said to everyone who follows the stubbornness of his heart, No harm will come to you. See, they tell people what they want to hear. Everything's going to be good. Everything's going to be okay. But this is a message out of their own head. It's not the message from God. And it ends up not helping the people, but hurting them. Look at verse 21. I did not send these prophets, but they ran. I did not speak to them, but they prophesied. But if they had stood in my counsel, then they would have announced my words to my people and would have turned them back from their evil way and from the evil of their deeds. They would have brought people to repentance and blessed them. As it is, their false prophecy was leading people astray. When we hear people saying things, that are popular, saying things that make people feel better about their sins, make them feel like they're, they're okay like they are. That's dangerous. That is encouraging people to continue in something that's going to be bad for them. Look also at Jeremiah 27. You see a very similar teaching. Uh, Jeremiah 27, if you want to read verses 9 and 10. Sure. So you should not listen to your prophets, diviners, dreamers, fortune tellers, or sorcerers who say to you, don't serve the king of Babylon. They are prophesying a lie to you so that you will be removed from your land. I will banish you and you will perish. You see that same idea. The false prophecy leads to a misdiagnosis, which leads to the people dying in their sins. It leads to them being exiled and and taken into captivity. False prophecy is very harmful. It sounds good, people like it, 
but it's not, it's not the right thing. Look at Jeremiah 14. We see that same idea. The false prophets almost anesthetizing the people, making them feel okay when they weren't okay. Would you read verses 13 to 15 of chapter 14? And I replied, Oh no, Lord God, the prophets are telling them, You won't see sword or suffer famine. I will certainly give you lasting peace in this place. But the Lord said to me, These prophets are prophesying a lie in my name. I did not send them, nor did I command them or speak to them. They are prophesying to you a false vision, worthless divination, the deceit of their own minds. Yes. So they're prophesying out of their own head. They're prophesying the deceit of their own mind. They're telling people things that they want to hear, but they're deceptive. They're wrong. Look at Jeremiah 8 and verse 11. Talking about false prophets, Jeremiah has a lot to say about them. He says, they heal the brokenness of the daughter of my people superficially, saying, peace, peace, when there is no peace. That's Jeremiah 8, 11. Yeah. They say peace. They try to make people feel like everything's going to be okay, everything's going to be wonderful, when it's just not true. We've got to watch out for the false prophets because they're really hurting people, not helping them. You wouldn't want a doctor who always diagnosed people with, with nothing major, even if they were really sick. Now, you'd like to hear from a competent doctor that you're okay, but you really, more than that, want him to tell the truth. Yes. False prophets, false teachers don't tell the truth. Look over at Ezekiel chapter 13. A really interesting story here about the idea of what the false prophets do. He says in verse 10, It is definitely because they have misled my people by saying peace when there is no peace. And when anyone builds a wall, behold, they plaster it over with whitewash. The idea of whitewashing the wall is the idea of making it look good on the outside and not handling any of its structural issues. Uh, a, a crumbling wall with a really pretty coat of white paint is no stronger. That, that paint doesn't help its structural integrity at all. And that's what the false prophets do. They make you feel good. You, people like them. They're popular. They, they get large audiences because they say what people want to hear, but it's just whitewash. It's not anything substantial. It's not anything that helps them. Look at Micah chapter 3. We see a similar situation here. There's so many passages that talk about the false prophets. Micah 3 verse 11. Her leaders pronounce judgment for a bribe. Her priests instruct for a price. Her prophets divine for money. Yet they lean on the Lord saying, It's not the Lord in our midst. Calamity will not come upon us. The money factor is a big thing. The trying to get become popular is a big thing. And they say, nothing bad will happen to us. Jump over to the New Testament for a minute. I want you to look at 2 Peter chapter 2. False prophets is, are not just exclusive to the Old Testament period. The New Testament has much to say about false teaching as well. 2 Peter chapter 2, listen to verse 1. But false prophets also arose among the people, just as there will also be false teachers among you, who will secretly introduce destructive heresies, even denying the master who bought them, bringing swift destruction upon themselves, many will follow their sensuality, and because of them, the way of the truth will be maligned. Just like there were false prophets in the Old Testament, there's false teachers today. The Bible warns about that. The New Testament warns about that a lot. You listen to people talking today, and it sounds like there's no false teachers left. That's not true. We're just buying into what they're saying. You look down at verse 18, 
for speaking out arrogant words of vanity, they enticed by fleshly desires, by sensuality, those who barely escape from the ones who live in error, promising them freedom, while they themselves are slaves of corruption, for by what a man is overcome, by this he is enslaved. For if after they have escaped the defilements of the world by the knowledge of the truth, uh, uh, knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and over, overcome, the last state has become worse for them than the first. So they teach people that they are free, everything's good. They, they sap people's consciences. People want to hear that. We've got to be on the alert. We've got to be ready to call that out. And it's, it's among the people of God. This is not people over in some far off place. This is people among us that would be teaching things that would give comfort to people in their sins. That is not helping anybody. That's hurting them. It makes them feel better in the short run, but it keeps them from correcting their lives. They're not doing anybody any help. So Gary, it's scary. I mean, he makes it pretty clear there's going to be false prophets among us. So it's not a matter of if or when, it's if. And, you know, what are we supposed to do? How do we spot a false teacher when people are preaching at our churches or having conversations with us? How do we look out for them? I think we look at the scriptures. We see, are they teaching what the scriptures say for real or not? Everybody says they teach the scriptures. Everybody quotes a verse or two. Are they quoting it in context? Are they teaching all that the scriptures teach about that subject? We've got to know the book. We've got to know it well and call it out when somebody's teaching something that is not according to what God's word says. If I can take us back to Ezekiel 13, Gary, something I love about that whitewashed wall, this is what the Lord says about it in verse 13. I will release a whirlwind in my wrath. Torrential rain will come in my anger. Hailstones will fall in destructive fury. And I will demolish the wall you plastered with whitewash and knock it to the ground so that its foundation is exposed. The city will fall and you will be destroyed within it. Then you will know that I am the Lord. What God is saying is that this this wall that's been whitewashed by false teaching, when he goes to put pressure against it, it's going to fall down flat. Just crumbles. And I think that's a good lesson for us. When we're listening to some teaching that maybe we've not heard before, put some pressure against it. See, really press it to test it and see, is this really the word of the Lord? And if it's not the word of the Lord, it'll fall on its face. But we have to be willing to put that pressure on, on the teacher or on the teaching itself and measure it up to the word of God. Amen. Yeah, it's a dangerous thing. We're in a dangerous time. There's always been dangerous times. There have been a lot of false prophets in a lot of eras. We should not imagine that in our era, suddenly false prophets have vanished. False teachers are gone. They're still here among us. Look at one more passage in Jude, verses 3 and 4. Jude was saying, I, I, I wanted to write you about our common salvation, but he said, I, I felt the need to appeal in the end of verse 3 that you contend earnestly for the faith which was once for all handed down to the saints, for certain persons have crept in unnoticed, those who were long beforehand marked out for this condemnation, ungodly persons who turn the grace of our God into licentiousness, into license, into permission, and deny our only Master and Lord Jesus Christ. There are certain people who creep in and they, they teach things that get, make people feel good in disobeying what God says. They teach license. They teach it's okay. Everything's fine. You're just fine. It's, it's not a problem. So we need to be on the alert for false teachers. There are plenty of them and they, they say things we want to hear. So let's be very careful about teachers that scratch the itching ears.
Thank you for listening to the It Is Written podcast. If you have any questions or comments that you would like to share with us, feel free to send Gary an email at garyfisher1063 at gmail.com. We hope you have a blessed day.